This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Every day you cry. Probably at some point, yeah. You guys are the most entertaining sports program in the world. I watched you gnawing fried chicken shirtless in your boxer shorts. Oh, that was fun, man. I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. It's the Mac and Bone Show, your home for smart, articulate radio. We like it, but we always need to add more. You can never have enough pass rush. So if there's a pass rusher out there that upgrades our, our roster, you know, we're going to pursue that. And, you know, that's just our style. We're aggressive, and we're always looking to add. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Rolling into the second half of the Mac and Bone show. And, uh, two hours, 13 minutes away from the start of uh, training camp one for Frank Reich, Bryce Young, and so many new additions on the Carolina Panthers. And we will kick off Panthers practice day one bone only the way we can on the Mac and Bone Show. Coming up at 835, our pep talkers are back. Oh, oh no. Sirloin of beef, Mark from Gastonia are back. They're going to give you a day one of practice pep talk, and MFG will be live from training camp in Gaston or Gastonia. In tra- <laughs> That'd be a twist. That would be a twist, wouldn't it? Imagine those daily activities. <laughs> training camp in Spartanburg. He will be there live. We'll be setting up his swimming pool. We don't really know why. It's strapped to the roof. And those boys will be getting you hyped for the season, man. You aren't going to hear your Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. Are you, oh, well, it's just live. a sample of what you Mac, might hear. I'm going to play Frank Reich. I want you to counter Mac Frank Reich right here. I want you to do your version of this right here. Let's go! Now you do it. Let's go! Let's go! I like it, Coach Reich. I like the fire. I like the fire. like it, baby. I so, want to hit somebody. You want to hear some screaming? I don't know if I could actually do that. I'm physically, I'm a little bit. You want to hear some screaming, Sirloin and MFG? Gotcha at 835. Actually, the next 40 minutes, uh, give or take, are going to be about the Carolina Panthers. We've got sounds of the Panthers. More from Scott Fitter, Bryce Young, uh, J.C. Horn, and others coming up at 825. But right now, let's talk about what Fitterer was discussing there. Um, the edge rusher situation opposite Brian Burns. Now, he talked about the Burns thing, too. We'll get into that as the hour progresses. They are still talking as we, you know, not literally this minute, but talks have been ongoing. But as far as the edge rusher spot opposite Burns... I hear this from Fitterer, and I love me some Fitterer. All right, I want to say that up front. And he is the original Fitty in town. All right, I don't want anybody to try to, you know, make anybody think he's the, 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 the OG Fitty. The respected Fitty. All right, the respected Fitty. Um, but I listen to him, and he's like talking about how anything that can, uh, you know, make an upgrade to this pass rush, we are going to be aggressive with. And it's like, really? Because I don't know how a guy like Yannick Ngakwe can be out there. And that's the thing. The current free agent group, they have had months 
to bring those guys in. And I'm still a bit annoyed that they didn't really push the Leonard Floyd thing and weren't willing to go $10, $11 million you know, in a one-year deal for Floyd. And you know what? Maybe Floyd just wanted to play for more of a contender, and, it's, and that's that. Maybe that's the case. But like with Ngakwe, I know he's not seen as a good run defender, but how can they say he is not a real upgrade pass rush-wise? Even if you only play him, Bone, on 30% of the snaps, and it's like obvious pass rushing situations, third down, second and longs, and stuff like that. How can they say that's not a real upgrade? But yet the impression I get is they're not interested in him or really any of these free agents that are out there What's right it now? tell you about Yannick Ngakwe, Mac, where Frank Reich just coached him? And they don't seem to have a lot of interest in bringing him in. So what's that tell you about? They're trusting Frank Reich must see something there that he didn't like or doesn't. I, I don't know the answer. You but, don't think he can help? Again, but again I know. Frank Reich is going to know more about him than we are here. So obviously Frank Reich's had input yeah, here. Yeah, it could be a personal thing with them. Now, some of the maybe, other maybe options in are play, but, but in Maybe he doesn't want to play for Frank Reich for all we know. I have no idea. That's true, too. Ngakwe is the best option if you want pass rush. By the way, Yannick Ngakwe literally said last week, I will play anywhere. Like he is at that well, point. What's that? He and, is and, at if, that point. and if he's saying that, and there's a need there, and they don't have much interest in him from what we see and can tell here, that tells you that obviously Frank Reich is, is going a different direction. With I, 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 what this is telling me is they don't seem as pressed as I am and many other Panther fans are. They don't. They're not dying to fill this need the way I think that they should be dying to fill this need. And again, I talked about it yesterday. They could push Luvu wide. Uh, Averro, you know, is a blitz-heavy coordinator, and they could find ways to scheme it. I, I just, I keep hearing that Yannick Ngakwe is not a run defender, and it's like, fine. Other guys can do that. Gross Matos can do that. DJ Johnson's very interesting in his run and edge-setting abilities. But I just find it hard to believe that Yannick Ngakwe playing 30% of the snaps on passing downs is not something like you don't – you wouldn't be interested in that? I, I, like it sounds like you don't want No, it. obviously you're taking it wrong. They need an upgrade, but you asked about Ngakwe. We have heard from people that know more than we do that there's not an interest level there. I don't know the reason why. I'm just trying to tie it together that if Frank Wright just coached them, they have a need and there's no interest. Obviously, there's something going on there that we don't know. And I think you brought up a great point yesterday – of what I think they might be thinking right now. Averro is a scientist. He's brilliant. I think they think with what they have, they can scheme their way to pressure. I think they can make do. This is their thought process, I think. That they can make do and generate pressure and coach up the pressure more than adding a different body. I think they feel like that Averro is that good. He can find you're ways. You're saying with blitzes is yes, what you're saying. Because yes. I just brought up, he was, for people who don't know, Averro, uh, uh, his defense in Denver, the fifth highest blitz percentage in football last year. The Panthers, incidentally, were sixth, uh, 36% of the time. So he is blitz heavy. Here's the thing, though. In an ideal world, you get pressure with four. Like in an ideal world, and I'm not even talking about the three, four bone. I'm talking about it's third and eight. It's money down time. And we were we were bad third down defense last year, and we were 26 in the league in sack percentage. And you need to get after the quarterback and, and disrupt him and get off the field. And you're playing a four-man front then because you're in base. You're in nickel. Burns is on one side. I just find it hard. I know you're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because Wright coached Ngakwe or whatever, but and I guess that's fair. But I find it hard to believe that Yannick Ngakwe on that in that situation I just illustrated cannot help the Carolina Panthers. Because if you have to blitz to get pressure, that's one less guy in coverage. 
I don't think anybody's just, saying that he can't help. At this point, though, you also got to wonder with Ngakwe. What, what, what's, what, what are y'all saying that? Y'all are, y'all are making excuses for them. Because you're touting Ngakwe, and it's clear like to us that there's something clear, there. That clearly, nobody, clearly nobody in the league wants this dude. So is there something else that He'll we don't know? with somebody. Is there an injury he's issue? Not, I think it's he's not a complete player. I'm saying you sign him, and maybe he's asking and, for money or beyond. And part of what's so going do on. Do you not want to sign a veteran edge rusher? Got, Have and, you moved on from that? And, no, I, 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 would, I mean, yes, there are options out there. But if they don't, I think that they can still figure out ways to make it work. And Gockley was on Jim Rome last week, and that's when he said he'll play for, for any anybody. team. However, the point of this is the article is about Ngakwe changing his tune. He said in the process he was only going to go to a contender, and he did not get signed by a contender. So now he's doing the tour, like with Jim Robe on CBS Sports, where he's saying, I'll play for anybody. Yeah. So maybe early on, they reached out to Ngakwe, and maybe he was trying to do the Leonard Floyd thing, where he was going to go somewhere, the Chiefs or the Bills. So maybe now it's different. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. But apparently he did not have this attitude all along. But like you said, the vibe we got is they're not really interested in him anyway. Yes. And that's all I'm saying. Like I, I'm telling you right now, you know I'm gung-ho about this Panther season. This is a problem. Pass rush is the most important part of defense in the year of our Lord, 2023, as the great Willie P would phrase it. And Are I you don't ready know. to be part of history? I, I, I get it. You're trying to give these guys benefit of the doubt. But, like, we were 26 in the league in sacks last year, Bone. We were a top 10 sack team the year before. What was the difference? Burns had a running mate. I, I, don't, I, I, just, I can't argue like, that. So I just don't understand... I don't. I don't know, and I don't know if I believe Fitterer that they're, 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 we're going to be aggressive. If someone can operate our pass rush. You tell me. Tell me, someone can't be an addition to that group of edges. I just that's trust out there. I was just the whole, the whole point of my my take here was I just trust that. Look, if 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 he was a guy they wanted and and Frank Wright coached him, it would be done pretty quickly. But obviously, there's stuff there behind the scenes or whatever that that we don't know about. Frank Wright coaching him changes the attitude of Ngakwe specifically for me. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm just trusting so only Frank for Reich. him. What about the rest of them? Well, I'm just trusting Frank. The rest Reich. of the edges. I'm just trusting Frank Reich as a guy that knows him. What the other edges, though? You want to go get one of them? I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, although well, Van Noy Van Noy is not available anymore. Here's the question. He's, he signed with the Chargers again. He re-upped. Did he? He's back. So oh, okay. he's off the board. I, and they the rest weren't interested the, in him either. The rest like, of the group is... Bone, eh. Bone and I, have, Bone and I have, have knowledge that they're not interested in these guys. And well, so and what Van I'm Noy saying were two is, guys why are we want. not interested in these guys? This is a whole... That, that's what I'm trying to say here. Oh, you're 100% now, as right. As you listen here, you guys can decide whether or not you feel like I do... Or whether you feel like Bone does, which is chill, man. I'm chill. I mean, you know Cl- I mean? Clowney's still like, out there. I, I mean, don't want no part of Clowney, though. Okay. I, I, well, do, okay. I, don't, I don't think Jadavion Clowney is. You'd rather have Ngakwe than Clowney? Yes. I would agree with that. I, I just, too, I, yeah. And again, all I want him for, Bone, is it's. It, I can't tell you enough. It's third and nine. Burns is on one end. We're in the nickel. You go line up on the other end and go get that quarterback. That's all I want him for. He doesn't need to play. Any other down, he does. He is a situational player. And again, you said he just came to the realization that he is not going to go to a contender. Well, maybe maybe he's had a while to come to the realization you're just a situational guy now, because everybody around the league tells you can't he can't play on pass down. And now, and Gokwe, he's horrible against the run. And Gokwe has been on four teams since the pandemic, so he's been on four teams now since 2020. And maybe it goes. You use the word situational, right? We've talked about Avero, his schemes, his defense about how multiple they are, how versatile they can be. 
Maybe Avero doesn't want a guy that's just for that situation. Maybe he wants guys that can do different stuff. So maybe that's part of it as well. Maybe Avero says. See, what's getting me is you're becoming like the voice of the Panthers here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I thought you were. No, you're just this mad. is a huge need. You're just mad because I'm not completely agreeing with you on this one. No, you, you've changed your tune. You're now like on Panthers. On it, uh, uh, they don't want guys. Like, they couldn't make a mistake. Like, they couldn't be overlooking a need. You know what I'm saying? I changed my like, tune on Ngakwe based off of knowledge that they have. And I'm saying I don't know their exact reason why. Yes, but, there are other guys out there I'm interested in. But you made this a lot about Ngakwe, and I don't think that's going to be the guy and for whatever reason. It, but I, uh, I agree not changing with you. the tune completely. I don't think any of these guys are going to be the guy. My whole point is I don't think they're that pressed by this. I don't think they view it the way I do. Like This is what I said to start the whole thing. I don't think they have the urgency that I do and many others do. Which is concerning. And that bothers me. But you today are just like, bro, man, I'm just chill, man. Gotta trust you. I think, he, I think he's accepted. It's just, can I, I think can he's I, accepted. Like, let, let, me so, do, let me do the opposite. Now that's radio. You are like uh, a football muppet. <laughs> football muppet? Just crazy. Like Gonzo. <laughs> I just feel like in the summer. My God. I just, I'm talking about Ngakwe specifically. I just don't, whatever reason. But the they don't want in general, though. Like, it's just. By the way, being, just, being mad just gave me a headache, by the way. Have you just. Welcome to my world. Man, this ain't easy. How do you do that all day long? It ain't easy being. I like man. being chill, bro. <laughs> but it's fun. I, I'm just saying, it seems like you've changed. It seems like during the summer, you and I were about got to get an edge rusher, got to get an edge rusher. And it seems like now it's the day of the first practice, and you're just well. All right, well, well, Leonard Floyd was obviously highly enticing, and that was a guy at another level. <laughs> it didn't happen. Now we're getting down to almost August here, and. You know, there's guys that could certainly help, but are they going to help? Some of these guys going to help more than guys that they have? I don't know. Uh, Oh, no, I agree with Mac on that. You don't think Robert Quinn, Melvin Ingram, those guys are better. Yeah, Melvin Ingram's another good one, too. They they love Marquise Haynes, and they've said that. Now, I don't know how the hell you can judge Marquise Haynes off of OTAs, which is what they did. I, I, I I think that's where Bone's at. Bone's pretty much just accepted they are not bringing anybody in. It's going to be Marquis Sainz probably is the, the second guy out there. I've also said the entire time as it went as it went more into the summer, I think they're going to get into camp. They're going to evaluate if a guy shines and they like something, then they're not going to bring somebody in if it's an obvious glaring okay. weakness. See, to me, this is they, a- they're going to evaluate it and then maybe they'll make a move. They want to see what they have, and then there's other guys out there. They'll make a move. I think they're evaluating right now, and then they'll make that decision. Okay, because I'm not talking about what they will do. I'm talking about what they should be doing and uh because i i keep saying it over and over again i i agree with what you just said i don't think that they're really that concerned and i think they should be a little bit concerned um uh, by the way people are loving bones mac impression (laughs) bones mac impression is getting rave reviews here I'm not even joking to you. That exhausted me right there. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing, um, oh, I'm God. seeing sounds and hearing colors or whatever the saying is. I forget what the old come on, is. fit dog. Give us one, man. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio ninety two point seven WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show.
We're live from the Westin Uptown ACC kickoff. No, we're not talking to any guests. We're playing Immaculate Grid right now. At least that's what Josh Graham is doing. He's left his post. He's uh. come to join us to talk about ACC football. But instead, we started talking Johnny Cueto, Edison Volquez, and what were some obscure names? I think you brought up Edwin Jackson well, as you were playing Immaculate Grid. An obscure Grid. name actually just walked by to say hi. Former Brewers all-star Larry Sorensen, who used to work at ESPN and does radio work for Wake Forest. And I'm going to call shenanigans on Immaculate Grid because it's it says all-star in Kansas City Royal. Araldis Chapman played for the Royals, but I guess didn't make an all-star team with the Royals. I ran into this problem on the football side of things because I needed a first-team all-pro with Washington. I typed Josh Norman in. He got his all-pro with Carolina, but they said no. The name went red. I missed it. I got angry and rage quit, and I haven't played it since. There's no, there's no specification that it needed to be with the Royals. He's an all-star that played for the Royals shenanigans all right shenanigans being called that is the voice of josh graham you can find him on twitter at josh graham show wsjs appreciate him hopping on with us today and the other thing is i asked you for any hot take right i just wanted to go right into it any hot take that you have about the acc football season coming up and you said immediately miami to the acc championship game this year this is your take this is the thing that you are going with moving into the acc season tell us why okay whenever there's recruiting hype Whenever there's a lot of hype surrounding teams that had been largely dormant for their expectations, you should always remember that in college football, productivity comes a year after the hype. We saw this. North Carolina was number 10 in the country two years ago, and they didn't live up to that hype. A year later, after we hear about all the recruiting and all the stuff, they make it to the ACC championship game, which is why I picked North Carolina to make the Coastal last year and bypassed all the hype with Miami two years ago. Picked Pittsburgh, only guy in the media to do that, to win the ACC. And it feels like this year, kind of like North Carolina was the trendy team a couple years back and didn't work out. Miami was that team last year, didn't work out while Carolina bounced back. I think that's what's going to happen with the Hurricanes because they still have the recruiting. It's year two for Mario Cristobal. Cristobal, one of the best years he ever had at Oregon was the second year. Tyler Van Dyke, we've seen him do it before. And now that he has the Houston OC that's coming in to spread things out a little more, we know what Dana Holgerson's teams are capable of doing. I think Miami's a team that's been slept on, and they have the talent with four and five stars all over the place that I think because people got burned by them a year ago, mm-hmm. they're not being picked, and they should get more hype, not the other team. So, wait, are, are you the one now driving the U is back bandwagon? For this year, the U okay. is back. Okay, okay. I, I we're calling it that, too, because a lot of people will play the semantics game on whether the U is back. Would that be considered the U is back if they get to the ACC championship and lose? I'm going to have a new term. Okay. The U is number two. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> I don't think, the I don't U think they want to roll with that. The U is number two, because Clemson's still the best team in this league and it's not close but the u is number two is what we're going with but when gambling's legal in the state of north carolina see i'm just preparing people Mm -hmm. for this wink wink nod nod miami's 23 to 1 odds right now to win the acc like six best odds 
Not a lot of people are talking about Miami right now. And when you look at the talent, there are very few teams that are more talented than they are. No, it's a solid case. I like all of it. Now, I want to try to apply that theory to the macro because Florida State is the trendy team this year where, of course, we have some evidence. They yeah. won 10 games last season. They have a million guys returning, top picks that are deciding to come back to Tallahassee to try to do something even more impressive this year. So it's not like they're sneaking up on everybody. But by that logic, a trendy team, maybe Florida State's time is next year if they're the trendy team this year or are you rolling all in with Florida State as a team that could also really compete for the ACC championship I'm not it on Florida State okay I don't get it because Mike Norvell see I'm an East Carolina graduate as you know I watched Mike Norvell at Memphis wasn't all that impressed then and at Florida State I, I get it they have this history they have this brand so Everybody wants this to be 2003 all over again or 93 all over again with Florida State. But the reality is their best years, they're still three-loss team. They're still a three-loss team. And when you look at their schedule, LSU might win the whole damn thing. And that's who you're opening up with. And you have to go to Death Valley this year. It'd be a different conversation if there was some ramp-up time for them, if there was a more manageable schedule, if you didn't have to go to Clemson. But those things... That that's just not gonna get that's not gonna be easy and because the hype is where it's at, I just think it's unrealistic to expect that they're going to meet that hype. So I think I'm falling victim to the on paper thing with them. Like I'm just looking at their roster and they look amazing, Josh. I mean, First, Benson, it's all it's, the dudes. It's crazy talent. So Wilson. It's, it's really coming down to Norvell for you, it seems like, for the most part. Yeah, and also it's it's just a different expectation level for Jordan Travis. He was on the same field with Anthony Richardson last year and was the better quarterback on that field. He was. And I don't want to take anything away from that guy. But it's a different deal entirely when no one's expecting that of you. Then people are saying that you could be a fringe national title contender. We Again, to bring back North Carolina a couple years ago, it was totally different in 2020 when Sam Howe was dishing it out to Diami Brown and Daz Newsom and all those guys. Versus a year after that, when people were projecting him to be a top five pick. Like, mentally, the, the way that teams game plan you and teams gun for you, it's, it's a totally different animal when you're supposed to be the team, when you're the hunted, so to speak, versus the hunters. And Florida State is now transitioning from being the hunters to the hunted. Josh Graham joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, kind of here at the Weston Uptown Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So, Josh, let's go to your feelings about North Carolina's football team. You just brought, it up, brought them up. Some of the skill positions that they've had in years past. You bring up the amazing wide receivers. Not as good as they've had in the past. You don't have Josh Downs this year. You don't have the crop of Deami Brown and some of the other Daz Newsoms, if you will. How good do you feel about North Carolina coming into this? I season? think you just described it. We've seen this movie. Like, don't watch Rudy expecting at the very end something different than him getting the sack on the final play. Like, you know how this movie goes because just a couple years ago, like, I remember asking Mac Brown the week of that Virginia Tech game where they lost when they were number 10 in the country. The question I asked was, are you at the place as a program? where you can lose multiple draft picks on a side of a ball. In that case, Newsom, Diami Brown, two running backs that got drafted, and it not show on the field. And he said, maybe Clemson's the only team in the league that can probably survive that. I don't know if all that much has changed over the last two years, when, again, you lose your top running back, you lose your top two receivers. That's a tough ask for Drake May, who also, the final month of the season... I know because I was there, 
lost to a couple third-string quarterbacks in Georgia Tech and NC State, and then didn't really do a heck of a lot in the championship game right down the road from where we're sitting against Clemson, even though that's a little bit more understandable. I, I think Drake May is bound to see some resistance because defensive coordinators get paid a lot for a reason. There's going to be some adjustment, but also the type of talent that surrounds him is not the same as it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this too. Getting benefit of the doubt when you're trying to reload as a top-notch squad. North Carolina doesn't have that. Clemson has shown they deserve it. I know it's faltered a little bit the last couple of seasons, but a down year for them is barely winning the ACC championship. It's Florida State's be. best year. Yeah. Clemson's down year. Well, and, and we even, if we just want to go to a different conference, we were asking that question about Georgia losing so many guys on the defensive side of the ball did they have benefit of the doubt for their reload power and yep they would win the whole damn thing once again it's gonna be tough with North Carolina to do that and speaking of defense it's always gonna come down to that side like even if you lose skill players Drake May to me is good enough despite the faltering in the last month of the season to help him out but defensively, they haven't figured anything out in the last, what? I mean, ever since Mac Brown came over, and he's been recruiting top talent, but it hadn't shown up on the defensive side on Saturdays. That's ultimately what it comes down it to. It does, and you have a lot of a lot of those five-star, four-star types that Carolina's got is on the defensive side. So I'm hoping eventually that will reveal itself with Gene Chizik going into his second year as a defensive coordinator. But let's also not forget, another loss on offense is Phil Longo. I, I know... There's this argument that, oh, North Carolina needed to be tougher and they needed a coach that can instill toughness and these types of things. But Phil Longo's offenses were pretty darn prolific with Sam Howell and with Drake May. And we don't know, nobody knows yet, what it's going to look like or how much different it's going to look with Chip Lindsey now calling plays. Um, I want to go to, because you don't have much turnover this year at the head coaching spot. You have Brom coming in and you have some interim guys that are taking over. Mm -hmm. But as far as straight up new, fresh faces at the head coaching spot in the ACC, not nearly as much as you had last year when you had four guys coming in. So you have four two-year coaches mm -hmm. within the ACC. The offensive coordinator spots, though, those have been big-time deals this year. So you have Robert and I with NC State pairing up with Brennan Armstrong. Now you go get Garrett Riley if you're Clemson to try to revamp that offense with a new quarterback in Kate Klubnick after DJU started most of the season last year. What offensive coordinator QB marriage are you most excited to see? Garrett it, Riley. Why That's is that? the answer. Because he... We saw what he did at TCU last year, and there's going to be such great fascination whether or not he could do that with Kate Klubnick, who's another one of those five-star kids that everybody wanted. And like you, and you come from a factory that produced the likes of Drew Brees and produced, you know, star players Nick Foles and terrific pros all across the place. That's a guy who's ready for the big time. And I actually really like their skill position players. It's the best it's been, which isn't saying a lot, since T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Travis Etienne. Right. Travis Etienne was running around. Like I really like Antonio Williams. I really like uh, Bo Collins. And of course, you have Will Shipley back at running back. I, I think. Clemson's offense is going to be fine. Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick are worth betting on. And on defense, you lose a lot, but every year they've more than earned the benefit of the doubt when you still got dudes at every level. Like Xavier Thomas is back for like his eighth or ninth Van Wilder-like season. Mm -hmm. You got linebackers who are going to be first-round draft picks, it feels like, every year. And then in the secondary, you got uh, Mukoba and... Again, guys who feel like they've been there forever. I, I just think Clemson is the sure pick, and they've earned the benefit of the doubt more so. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they are worth betting on. I, I just think the, the wild card here is... Because, by the way, it's plus money. 
it's the first time in eight years it's plus money. Like, you don't have to bet more than you get in order to bet Clemson because of the Florida State height. It is the smart bet. One that I would not be getting anywhere close to with my money is the NC State marriage between Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong. So, Brennan Armstrong, mm -hmm. different style offense at Virginia last year. Tony Elliott comes in after Brennan just went nuclear in the ACC the year prior. Just went bonkers. No one expected that type of production. And then it was 180 degree turn in the very wrong direction. But now you get the offensive coordinator that was allowing you to have some of these Star Wars numbers and you're at a different place, but it's hard to erase the memory of what you just saw from Brennan last year. Where are you with that marriage and Dave Doran, who is a good college football coach, being the guy that is uh, overseeing all of it? I'm going to be admittedly bad at radio okay. for a second. Like, you guys are really good at radio, oh, which is why I'm it. so glad to sit here. But I'm going to be bad at radio and say something that you're not allowed to say. Don't worry. I'm not going to say any of those words that the FCC would have mm -hmm. issue with. Hey, get the dump button ready, Josh. I don't know. Okay. You're not allowed to not know. you got to have a take and defend it to the death. I get it. I have no idea. And that's why I'm so fascinated, more than any quarterback in the state of North Carolina this year, who are all fascinated. Riley Leonard with the numbers going into year two. Drake May for obvious reasons. Mitch Griffiths. Think about this. Dave Clausen. Every time he's had to bring in a new quarterback since he's been there, they started as true freshmen. John Wolford, Jamie Newman for the one year, Sam Hartman in 2018. Mitch Griffiths has been there now for three years, <laughs> and he's starting at Wake. So they're going to be fine offensively. I have no idea what's going to happen with Brennan Armstrong and NC State. That is perhaps the most fascinating storyline in the state of North Carolina this year. What's going to happen there now that Brennan Armstrong is paired again with Robert Adon? It's not even close to me. Like, that's the biggest wild card among everything because NC State, good football program. Like, you expect good things from them pretty much every single season. And now where Devin Leary had a ton of hype, I was a Devin Leary fan coming in. And for whatever reason, you know, I still you've had stock. a bunch of the injuries. I yeah. have my, I'm not a big stock I'm guy, but I have, I have Devin Leary still. Why? Because SEC quarterbacks aren't any good. <laughs> Who's the best quarterback in the SEC? Joe Milton? How'd that go at Michigan? Oh, I can't wait, but but 70-yard bombs turn me on so much, Oh, he Josh. could throw an orange 100 yards. I, I'm, cool. I'm so ready for it. Oh, Yes, I do, but I do think it's cool. You say it in a sarcastic way. I'm here to tell you I do legitimately think there it's are cool. Orange, there's a bowl of oranges right over there. I want to mm. see if you can throw an orange all the way across this room. If this so, Hypel, I'm ready. You know, I, I hope this video goes viral. Hypel, if I throw this orange 100 yards like Josh is challenging me to, I want a spot. That's all it takes for SEC hype machine. Like, hey, Jamie Newman goes from Wake to Georgia. Well, now he reminds us of Cam Newton and Tim Tebow. And, oh, why? Because you're in the Southeastern Conference. And here here you are, Joe Milton, throwing orange 100 yards. Uh, and now we're going to say you're a Heisman candidate. Hypnotize me. It's working. I'm weak. I'm weak-minded. These are the drones that I'm looking for. Last one, I, would, I did want to get to Please. I did want to get to the college basketball conversation because some exciting news coming in this week. Home and home between Kansas and North Carolina. Is Josh Marlowe making you ask me this? When that news came through, Fitty, real time, Flounder can attest to it, called Flounder to say, hey, this can be its own topic on a podcast, like 40-minute-long yeah. podcast. This sure. can be its own topic. He stopped working on our show, mm -hmm. started working on Heel Tough blog and Four Corners podcast content, writing up, pulled his computer out, started writing an article right in front of me while we were 40 minutes away. So, yes, 
I do find a lot of value in it, clearly as you do as well. I've heard your takes on it, but we're all very excited, man. Two powerhouses meeting together on each other's campuses. It's going to be a lot of fun. Aside from the Final Four where you literally transition from arenas to playing in football stadiums, Kansas playing North Carolina in basketball on campus is as big as the sport can feel. If you've been to Allen Fieldhouse, as I have, you get that sensation. The rules of basketball right there that Dr. James Naismith pinned 150 years ago and a statue of him and it's nestled right at the center of campus. You just feel college basketball at its roots, how big it can feel. And then at the Dean Dome, when you're walking down Skipper Bowles Drive and you see that massive dome at the top of the hill and you see how high those ceilings are in 18, 19,000 seats, the fact that Kansas has not played at North Carolina ever considering the history of these programs. Wilt Chamberlain going up against Lenny Rosenbluth in 1957, and two years ago when Hubert's yelling at Tracy Wilson, live action, Tracy, before blowing that lead. I mean, the history there. Dean Smith went to Kansas. Roy Williams went to North Carolina. Larry Brown went to North Carolina. And the fact that Kansas has never been to Chapel Hill and North Carolina hasn't been to Kansas since 1960, the year before Dean Smith became the head coach, you're right. Incredible's not even... It's too loose of a word. It's too loosely used. It doesn't capture it, how big this is for college basketball. Fitty is ready to run through a brick wall at the Planet Kia Studios. Josh just caused damage back at the crib. We apologize, Jeff, for you having to fork over a bill that is going to have to take care of some of that damage. Sorry, Jeff. He's shaking right now. Like, Fitty is shaking because, look, even if you said you were bad at radio... What a vivid picture you just painted all right there. He that needs a amazing. cigarette. He's yeah. post-coital. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us do. He's ready to throw an under, uh, orange over 100 yards. That's Josh <laughs> Fitty Marlowe back at the Planet Kia Studios freaking out. And that is because we just heard the voice of one Josh Graham, a part of WSJS. Follow him on Twitter. Great follow, at Josh Graham Show. Appreciate the time, man. That was a lot of fun. No doubt. Thanks, guys. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ reporting live from Carolina Panthers training camp day one. We got number 14 with us, Andy Dalton. He's a brand new Carolina Panther. Are you new to this heat, by the way? What do you think about all this? You know, I'm from Texas, so uh, <laughs> this isn't hot. <laughs> oh, this isn't hot. Okay, that's a different take on it. All right, cool. It's good to have you, man. How are you acclimating so far? It's been great. I've really enjoyed my time uh, here in Carolina, and so, um, yeah, it's good to have camp going and actually have football starting up again. So we got Coach Reich over here talking to the press right now. Uh, we saw some of the behind the scenes of you meeting with him and the organization, I should say, to, you know, I guess make your decision on when to come here. How much of a factor did he play in that decision, and why did you ultimately want to be a Carolina Panther? Yeah, he was a big part of it. Uh, I think you probably saw. I've tried to play for him a couple times, right. and uh, with me being a free agent and them uh, when he was in Indy needing a quarterback every year, so uh, it didn't work out. And you know, when we, when we talked this off season and going into it, it was like, all right, let's make this thing happen. So that was a big part of it, and I think just the staff that they've created and um, and the guys that they got on this team. So there's a lot of factors that went into it. 
you've had a really good career and uh, you can still obviously play. We saw you out there today. You're also here, though, like you were in Chicago to help bring a rookie along. What, what is it like having that sort of responsibility? Not everybody in your position wants to do that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I've got a, a, a lot of wisdom and knowledge from the experience that I, I've had in this league. And so I think the biggest thing that I've learned to do is just be the same guy regardless of the situation. And so I'm still talking the same way I would in meetings if I was the starter or not the starter, you know, whatever role it is. And uh, I've been in Bryce's shoes. I understand what he's going through. I understand uh, the position he's in going in day one as a starter. And um, so I'm just trying to give him as, as much help and um, just pull from my experiences as much as I can. Well, you were in Chicago with Justin Fields, and he had some really nice things to say about you several months ago about how you helped him and, and just how important you were toward his maturation and growth. What, what did you try to accomplish there with him that maybe you can bring here to this situation? Well, I mean, I think you just kind of I mean, obviously, I've done this for a long time. I know my routine. I know what works. I know how to prepare for games. I know how to view certain things. And so it's just talking through all that kind of stuff and just kind of helping out uh, along the way. And so, um, I mean, that's just all part of this. Well, we got Andy Dalton here, Carolina Panthers quarterback, with us live on training camp day one here at Spartanburg, where it is not hot, according to Andy Dalton. Uh, Bryce Young, day one, I know he's got a long way to go, but just your thoughts on the rookie, how he played. Yeah, he had a great start. And you know, ever since he's been here, he's proven why he was the number one pick. And so for him, it's just getting him comfortable with everything that we're doing. And um, I mean, I think everybody knows the talent that he's got. And so it, it, it's fun to see. And he's only going to get better and better as this thing goes on. What about you? I mean, just, you know, learning the offense, you know, getting you. We saw you make some great throws out there today. How are you coming along yourself in the playbook? Yeah, no, I feel good with it. This is my seventh year in a row of learning a new playbook. So uh, I've, I've been used to it. Um, so, no, I, I feel good about where we're at. You've been on some good teams, good rosters. Uh, how does this one stack up in your estimation? These guys won, you know, most of these guys were together last year winning seven games. It's a pretty hectic circumstances. How do you feel about this group? Yeah, no, I feel really good about them. Um, you know, that's the thing. Like right now, I feel like we have a lot of guys, especially offensively, that are unproven. And um, we don't really know what what we're going to get with mixed with some guys that we kind of know what they are. And so... Um, I think it's a fun place to be because everything's still out in front of us, and there's a lot to prove, and um, that's just the goal right now is to, to go out there and do everything we can to be the best that we can be. Before I let you go, again, you've done this a while. You've worked with different offensive coordinators. What should we know about Thomas Brown? What, what makes him tick? What do you think about him and his approach so far? Yeah, he's been awesome. I think just his presence in front of the room, the way that he understands what we're trying to do and what we want to accomplish, and uh, with the blending of a couple systems from what he's done in his past for, with Frank and what he's done, you know, I think they've got a good mesh of how everything has gone. And um, I think just his, his presence and the way he can present and teach uh, the offense, I think, has been awesome. And just uh, just how he is and just his mindset, you, you can see, see why uh, you know he was hired here and obviously hadn't been in the, the position before. Four, but um, he's been really impressive. Josh McCown coming off the field, turned to coach. That, that's not the easiest transition for certain guys to make, right? You go from playing to coaching. Anything stand out there? Well, you know, I think he said he's kind of got the end of his career, and the players were calling him coach because okay. he was a lot older than everybody. Uh, but it's, it's been fun for me to be with Josh because, like, I've known Josh for a long time. We've been friends for a long time. So it's kind of crazy that now he's my coach. So, um, but he's done a great job. I think just, you know, obviously I have a ton of experience. Uh, Josh has a ton of experience. Frank has a ton of experience of, you know, playing the quarterback position. Right. So uh, there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football in this, uh, in this building. A lot of quarterbacks on this roster. Andy, welcome officially to the Carolinas. Good to have you. So glad you're here, man. Thank you for the time. Yeah, thanks so much.
listening to WFNZ on 92.7 FM and WFNZ.com on the WFNZ app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ live from the Weston ACC media kickoff today. We're going to get back to talking college football in just a bit, but uh, again, we continue our coverage of both ACC kickoff and Panthers training camp. We're pulling off double duty today, and we're checking in with Bradley Bozeman, Carolina Panthers offensive lineman, second year here with the Panthers. Good to see you, buddy. Howard, thanks. Going great. Good first day, and you know it's good to be back out here. So a year ago, we were all standing here. I don't know if you remember this or not. A year ago, we were all standing here talking about fatherhood and delivering babies, and you hadn't had one yet and I just had, I had one due the next week my son was born the following week so we're talking about delivering babies and everything else a year later we're standing here together again and you're a proud papa how's that feel oh it's awesome he, he's actually out here at training camp today uh, wife brought him down and you know it's just it's so amazing you know that, that's that's what we do it for you know you do it for your kids and uh, to leave a legacy for them and it's just it's it's been amazing it's been an amazing six months so I think six months and like two weeks or something like that so oh it's been great you do everything differently when you're a dad right and the reason for it are, are absolutely different now that's you, you've had a big year right off the field that happened of course the most important thing uh but it, what was it 85 f-150 that, that your wife got re, that, that you got your wife got fixed up for you uh, 85 it was 85 right 85. uh so that was your uncle's truck right uncle's, yeah. all right so I, my first ride was an 88 f-150 the two-tone with the long bed and the locking hubs and that hold how much did that as a square body truck guy like me how much did that mean to you uh, i meant so much remember i mean more for uh, my uncle my uncle roy was he was an amazing man a man of god and um he just he's he always treated everyone fairly every everyone will respect and just i mean just a model citizen and uh just a true man of god so uh to when that showed up i had no clue i was totally surprised and it just oh just the overwhelming emotion of it just it got me <laughs> it got that's me. so cool no it was awesome man. it was a great clip on uh blueprint if anybody hasn't seen it you ought to check it out so you're in year two uh but you got a new head coach of course here frank reich whole new staff what's different from last year to this year you know, right now we're just we're putting everything in. We're we're just making everything cohesive. Uh, we're just continuing to build on on what we've done in the spring. Uh, it, it's been a great system going in. Our defense is working hard. Our special teams are working hard. The coaches are working hard. Um, you know, they're making it as simple and complex as, as they can uh, for us. So so it's been a it's been a great process so far. What about you know James Camp in year two? You you really raved about him last year and how much you loved working with him. How much was how important was that to bring him back? And you know where are you and working with him? now going into your second year oh that was huge um huge bringing him back you know not, even a, another reason to stay um you know coach camp and he, he's been awesome he's been amazing for me he's been amazing for our, our line room um you know they got the man just know he knows football he's been there he's done it uh he's coached it for a long time um you know he knows how to work with his players he knows how to read his players um and this this second year being able to build off of last year and bringing basically our entire offensive line back uh is going to be amazing just to have that cohesiveness with the line and then our coach as well now, I mean, obviously you got some injuries coming into season, right? Austin Corbett's a little bit banged up. I think the rookie Chandler Zavala as well. I mean, have you talked about, you know, the plan there? How are they approaching that? Like, what's that look like, especially with you there in the middle, needing to communicate consistently with hopefully the same guys? Those guys, Austin and and, uh, and Chandler, they're doing a great job of, of rehabbing and coming back and doing everything they need to do. Um, you know, I think they're they're both both on track and you know going to be ready to go. But you know, it, it's it's just just continuing to work with the guys we got right now. You know, right now we we got the guys we have and we're 
we're busting our butts, we're communicating, because you never know what's going to happen in the season. You know, when the last game of the season, we had two guys go down. You know, had zero injuries all year, and then that happened. So you just never know what's going to happen. So to have those guys have the flexibility, have the ability to switch in and out of players is, is awesome. we got Bradley Bozeman, Carolina Panthers Center, with us here live from training camp, walking off the field day one. Uh, obviously, you and Bryce Young have a special bond. You both played at the University of Alabama, but this was his first day as an NFL quarterback in practice. What did you see out there from the Rook? Did a great job today. Managed the game well. Uh, managed the huddle well. Managed all the players on offense well. Um, you know, always keeps us cool. Always goes out with the right demeanor. Um, you know, he's just he's, he's impressive so far. So we're just going to continue to build and see where we end up. Blocking for a guy like Miles Sanders. You you blocked for some talented backs last year. Deontay Foreman had a good year. But anything you know strike you already about Miles Sanders maybe being a little bit different? What are your thoughts? Yeah, his vision is unreal. Um, just to see his vision, to be able to hit the holes, to to play it the right way, it has been has been amazing to see, and I can't wait to see it in when we get into pads. So, I mean, just in terms of the depth of that backfield, though, you bring Chuba back, you bring you know Raheem Blackshear back. You feeling pretty good about the run game overall, I assume. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're feeling pretty good about it. But like we said, you know, it's not about what we did last year. You know, it's about this year. We're building on on this year. So, uh, so we're just going to see kind of where we where we end up. We're going to put on some pads here in a, a few days and just kind of really get after it and kind of see where the rubber hits the road. Let you go on this one. Obviously, all 17 games are of equal importance usually when it comes to the standings. But you open with two divisional games this year. Um, any extra sense of urgency in the in camp? you know ramping up to that kind of start to the season um i think it's like any other camp you want to win the first one then you want to win the second one then you want to go one and oh you know you just want to continue to build um you know you start with the first game and then you just move on from there so um you know we're going into it just like we would any other game any other starter of the season you know no one wants to start off with a loss so we're just going to go in and 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 do our best to put ourselves in the best position possible great to see you again you as well tuned into instant replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again only on sports radio 92.7 wfnz the exclusive home of the charlotte sports fan